All right, y'all. I don't know how your evening was, but mine was quite exciting. You know, I smile seeing the solidarity across the world, not just in one city, not just in one state, not just in the United States, okay? We saw solidarity across the world. We saw people from across the world up, jump in, involved. A lot of solidarity, but this does not come without a cost. So get comfortable, sit back. People are still signing in, right? Um, I want to start off because this is going to get intense. And like yesterday, we got so into what we were saying. I did not have a chance to say in the first episode, you know, we really do do appreciate all of your solidarity. Your encouragement and support is so empowering. Thank you all so, 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 so very, very much. So we had a couple of rallies right here um, this past you know, week, one in New Haven, one in Hartford, right? And one of the things that we want to amplify and we have to amplify is the representation, right? It has to be well represented with black and brown people. I can't stress this enough. And the reason why is because, you know, you don't want to whitewash it because that's no different than what we're calling out. Okay. Now, one of the things that I want to start with talking about what's been happening, you know, movement wise, you know, we see all these big protests happening in New York. We're seeing people taking the streets in droves. I mean, we're seeing people different ages, colors, backgrounds, genders, all of that. And we're seeing massive crowds in Chicago, British Columbia, you know, Texas, Canada, Istanbul, Leeds, London, UK, like it's a whole long list, right, of places. You're seeing people coming out in droves. And so one of the things that came up to me was how come we're not seeing that here in Connecticut? Well, I've said this before, and let me just you all remind you. First of all, CJ here, and thank you all for tuning in to the sound of black and brown. You know, um, thank you, Paul. So our comrade Paul will be with us on this episode of What Should White People Do? I just want to preface with, to answer the question, why aren't we seeing that type of community involvement is because the community is not being involved. And unfortunately, in a state that, might I remind you, was a red state for a very, very, very long time, you have to combat the fact that you know, the whiteness is there. The need to control, the need to tell you how to do things, the need to make sure that it goes the white way at the white time. And this does impact the solidarity and it gives the impression that these spaces are not welcoming to black and brown people. So to those white people who like to, you know, create groups and orgs and all those fun and exciting things and tell themselves, well, I'm doing this for the security of the movement. No, you're not. I come from a little country that looks like a Timberland boot, and I've walked the streets like that, which you see on TV, all right? I've done that. Believe that. I've done that, okay? And it didn't involve any of that bullshit. That's bullshit. That's just what happens in this country. White supremacy is such that it is, it is as old as time, right? We have white people wanting to co you know control the narrative from start to finish. And in between that, the black and brown people are the ones who are here. We're trying to lift our voices. We're the ones being oppressed. We get silenced. We get, you know, we're not included. We're tokenized, 
right? So everything looks good in the pictures, but in reality. So then the problem is now twofold because now within the black and brown communities, when people see this, they're going to say, see, now they have another rally that's not for us. You know, it's not even about us. It only have like a little inkling of us. And hence the reason why I want to mention that the rallies that were held here in New Haven, Connecticut, and Hartford, Connecticut. They were very, very diverse. The black and brown people led, in fact, I wanna say Gen Z led the way, okay? They led the way, right? And that's what needs to happen. Stop silencing us. For all who like to say, well, I want us all to get along. That's very, very nice. But when it comes to these actions, our representation is critical. Don't call me 15 minutes before talking about, can you show up? And then when I show up, you put me to speak, you know, second to last because you know, you know what I mean? Like the tokenization is real. In saying that, there has been a lot of silencing and targeting of black and brown activists, particularly those who are pro-Palestine supporters and also others who are pro-Palestine supporters. People's jobs are being threatened, right? Like what is happening right now at Black and Brown United in Action, our social media is being attacked. Why? Because we have been um, quite vocal um, on social media about our support for Palestine. So you have to understand that this is not as cookie cutter as some, you know, you might imagine. This is not like, you know, for us, we don't just show up to the rally, shout out something, go home. This is 24-7. This is life, right? And so this affects us, you know, and I don't expect, nor do we, any of us expect for everybody to understand, relate, care, or whatever. But the point is, is that, you know, for us here, um, for us on Black and Brown United in Action, you know, it, it, it goes to that point. Right. And not just us either. Let me just make sure I say that there are other people, um, individuals who are pro-Palestine, who are being attacked, like their jobs are being threatened, you know, and we're not talking about people doing things like showing up to work and protesting, which we are going to talk about. But we're talking about people just having an opinion. You see what I'm saying? So for the white people out there who are tuning in, it is really, really important for you to understand your privilege your power, place, and privilege, right? Because here's the thing. When you are part of an action, you make it more about you and how you do that, just so you know, if you didn't know, let me just tell you real quick. So if you want to write it down, grab your pen and whatever else you need, make sure you have your tea and your coffee. You don't need to get hurt. And I'll tell you this as well, for those white people who get offended by what is about to be said and will be said here, check yourself. Check yourself. Um, I checked my schedule. I don't know about everybody else. I don't have time for your white saviorism. Okay? That is not on my itinerary. So if you are going to tune in and you're going to get offended, I, you know, wherever you came from, you could go right back there. Now, that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is, is that we have to really understand what happens when you all leave us out of the conversation. Now, you see us here protesting and challenging the government for not including us. So if you are a white, predominantly white org, and you notice that most of your leadership is white, but you're all out here yelling out all these slogans, there's a problem there. Stop, take a look, take a review, and revise. There's nothing wrong with that. And whosoever feelings get hurt, 
that's their business. Because if you're really going to use words like diversity, equity, and inclusivity, let it have meaning. The reason why we don't have marches to the magnitude that we're seeing in London, right? Like we got footage direct from London. How great was that? We also got footage from Brooklyn Bridge. We're not seeing that in Connecticut because we have white people who want to maintain control. The control outweighs the solidarity. And you have to make sure you maintain that balance. That's really, really important to understand and to monitor. Also, it is really important, black and brown people, for us to support each other. Okay, if, if you're getting involved because you see a trend and I have no problem, if you're getting involved and you're showing up and you're not seeing enough of us, say something. Share the posts. Support the others. It's okay. Not everybody could be in the same place and the same space at the same time. But we could reteach people what respect looks like, right? And right now, and I'm being really, really blunt with this because, you know, there's ways that people could protest and help advocate for Palestine, but they're not doing it because they feel like they're not part of the bigger it. And that right there is problematic. So I'll, I'll be real clear. Again, my name is CJ. Thank you for tuning into the Sound of Black and Brown. I'm also the lead organizer for Black and Brown United in Action. We have links to our various social media platforms. Please feel free to check us out. Um, and also, we have no intent of amplifying white voices. I just wanted to say that on behalf of everybody, right? This series right here, What Should White People Do, is where the white people pop up. We have discussions. Am I going to say that we always agree? Probably not. But guess what? In the midst of disagreement, you're going to find some really fantastic, underscored, overlooked solutions. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to focus on that. So now that I've prefaced and said all that, and we all understand each other better now. I want to introduce one of our guests, um, and I'd like him to introduce himself, however he feels comfortable introducing himself. I also see Manny's on the call. A couple folks might trickle in. So we'll start with who's here, and can, you know we'll do what we do best. So you want to share, Paul, a little bit about yourself and what draws you? Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. How are you doing? Oh, perfect. Good, good. So my name is Paul Boudreau. Uh, I'm a tenant union organizer in Hamden. Um, I also work for SEIU as a tenant union organizer and basically got involved in, in homeless outreach like 20 years ago. Um, but I've been like really organized pretty much 24-7 for the last two years. Um yeah, and, and I'm it's great to be here. I'm really like really honored that you asked me to be here. Yes, we had, you know, so so folks know, you know, our friend Paul has um you know, as I say, if you look at the last supper back left, you're going to see me. And my friend Paul is probably like two people to my right. You know what I mean? We're all trying to figure out who's going to pay the bill, right? So, Paul, you and I were talking about this before, and, you know, I don't know if folks realize, you know, so there's a couple of things here I want to preface with. Not everybody could make it to the rally, right? <laughs> Money's cracking up over there. Right, not everybody right. could make it out to the rally. Not everybody could march. Not everybody could do that for various reasons, timing, um, you know, physical capacity, mental capacity. But there is a way right now that we could all collectively stop funding the IDF, isn't there? 
Yes, there is. We, you want to talk about that? Absolutely. Um, I mean, one of the ways all this is funded is just through regular companies like, you know, Starbucks, Coca-Cola, um, Haagen-Dazs, Ralph Lauren, just to name a few. I mean, McDonald's. There's, there's hundreds. McDonald's, don't forget them. Mc, yep. Yep. McDonald's, definitely. Mm -hmm. Maybelline. Mm -hmm. Converse, Levi's, like the list goes on and on. And it's all the brands and all the companies you know. How can um, people find that list, uh, Paul, real quick, if they wanted to see it for themselves? Honestly, it's hard to find everything. There's like most stuff, you know, you just Google it and boom, it shows up in the first two links. <laughs> like I I've been, you know, since we spoke, I looked around and like there's some here, there's some there. So yeah. I'm actually trying to put together a vetted out list of list, actual yes. companies that we can boycott and stop buying their products so, um, so that I we found, don't support this financially. And we appreciate that because I found a list that I shared with you from a comrade who's, um, you know, part of a bigger group mm -hmm. that I'm part of and is also Palestinian, right? I also found this out from others, other vloggers from other countries, right? So the main, main big ones right now is McDonald's, not that the list that you have is bad, but the ones that really are pissing people off due to like the images, you know, you're seeing McDonald's delivering fucking burgers, you're seeing Starbucks delivering coffee. Are you serious? Um, Disney is making statements, Maybelline. I mean, I want you to reread that list and I want you to tell people what you mean by how they could support by not funding this war. Give them a little idea of what that well, it, it happened like for me in my eyes, it looks like two ways. One, don't buy this stuff. Like, don't give your money to them. And and honestly, like, you know, and, and I don't live this perfect yet, but I try to do everything locally I can because you're not supporting your your neighbors and your comrades and your people around you when you're going to McDonald's or Starbucks. Um, the second thing besides stop buying them, if you're working there, try not to. I mean, and that's a that's a big ask. I get that as someone who who, you know, didn't come from a lot of money, like just saying switch jobs is not that easy. Um, but if if we stick together and do things together, we can get these things done. Um, you can like, you know, and you can also voice your, your opinion about your company internally, which has its risk. Um, which which is what we're seeing kind of in the process now. Yeah. yeah, we're seeing that a lot, aren't we? And here's the thing. So let me add to what our comrade is saying here, right? So there's ways that you could support. Don't buy that McDonald's. Don't do it. You don't need that Starbucks. Make your own damn coffee, right? That trip to Disney, get your refund, right? It's really, really simple. No, he touched on trying to get a different job. We get it. Times are hard. It's expensive to be poor in Connecticut, especially. But here's what could also happen. I'm just going to, you know, just politely suggest something. Um, mm. You know, I'm going to politely suggest that the union support employees who are not, you know, agreeing with these stances, right? So we need our union reps to beef it up and be ready for the clapback. But also, we need the community, right? We need the community yes. to show the fuck up and shut these places the fuck down. Right here on Whaley Avenue, we have McDonald's. I, I would love, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. You know what will make me happy right now? What will make my day? And it is so simple. 
I would love to see two things, a Dia de las Muertas, you know, something dedicated to Palestine, one of the puppets, right? I, I need to see that. And I would love to see people come in front of McDonald's and cuss them the fuck out, protest. Go in front of Starbucks right here downtown. Hamden has it too. All the cities in Connecticut and across the United States. We need to march and call them out. These people are funding war crimes. I want to pause for a cause and ask Manny to chime in. How do you feel about people taking these actions? And what could we do to support that, man? Yeah, no, um, I totally agree. Uh, I would also, you know, really, really love to see uh, in Dia de los Muertos, uh, you know, a puppet, uh, you know, dedicated to Palestine. Uh, I, I think that would be phenomenal to see. Um, so, you know, I definitely want to echo that. Um, but also, yeah, I mean... Here we are, we're having these protests, we're having these rallies, you know, these marches. Um, they're really, really important. They're really great, right? Um, but taking it to another level, right? If we know who is uh, supporting, right, this, this genocide, <laughs> let's call it what it is, um, and we know where they are, right then let's bring these marches these rallies these protests right to their doorstep right i mean yeah it's great they were going through the streets and those different cities and doing it but again uh that list right that list of supporters if we know where they are we know you know <laughs> uh that we can bring people right there to the front doorstep and and disrupt the day-to-day -day, you know activities then by all means, let's do it, right? I mean, it's it's taking it to that next level, right? It's kind of this, um, I mean, direct confrontation, you know, if you want to put it that way, right, of the supporters. Um, so, you know, I mean, in any other instance, right, as we've seen throughout history, civil disobedience, right? It, it, it sends a message, it works, right? And so why change something if it's not broken, right? <laughs> so absolutely, I absolutely agree with, you know, uh, it, it would be great to see people rallying and protesting um, at these different establishments, right? Like you said, yep. you know, you have that trip to Disney, cancel it. Cancel that <laughs> shit, rid. man. Fuck that. Y'all could go visit your damn family. For real. Like, I need yeah. to see people visiting their family. Because here's the thing that Paul just said that's really important. And nobody has to unmute. I just want to say that in advance because this conversation is about to get intense. Because why? We're all pissed the fuck off. We know that. We all know that. Now we just said it out loud. So what the point of us talking about this out loud is, we're trying to help those tuning in. If you don't know how to get involved, we're sharing it with you. You do not need to fund McDonald's. Fuck them. All right, it's bad enough that it made millions exploit in our communities. We do not need to add to that. That Starbucks coffee, come on, man. How the fuck you have to choose between buying a cup of coffee, gas, or your light bill? You see, you serious? 
You serious right now? So I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in there. And you know, Paul, between you and I, right? Mm-hmm, well, let's, mm-hmm. let's let's just talk on the side here. Manny, excuse us for a minute. <laughs> um, between the two of us, doesn't Starbucks have a little bit of an issue with how they treat their employees? Just a They're tad. Awful with employees, just like all these places are. Even the ones that do finally unionize or quote unquote come on board, they make token like things and then they start eliminating like employees yes. and coming up with automated systems to replace like, them. Like Walmart. I mean, Oh shit. Yeah. And stop yeah. and shop. Oh fuck. Remember we have a whole what's his name? What's his nuts following us around stop and shop? I always feel like it's the police. Why the, the fuck that machine always followed me? I have no idea. I think it's the air. I, I really want to push that thing over every time I see it. But I mean I've been sitting here nodding the entire time everyone's talking and just realized now none of you can see me i was today years old when i realized (laughs) this is not a zoom (laughs) yeah exactly and yeah i mean this it's such a big thing to get our heads around and it's only been a like a you know a handful of weeks this has like been like really like at this level And, and it is like all these things yeah like not only just going to these places and like interrupting commerce, which is a right. great idea. Like, right. I'll be honest, white people like pay good money to go on a bar crawl. I'd rather pay to go on like one of these crawls. Bro, and, like, sp- check this spend out. Spend right? the day shutting them down. Let me tell you something. The other day I'm on my way to the gym and I go to the gym, but it's what I see when I leave that really pisses me. It's sour at my stomach. It pissed me off. I didn't even have an appetite. The fucking line at Starbucks, bro. In oh Hamden. my God. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, it disgusts me every time. Every single time, shut it down. Like and a friend mentioned, it's always the same group. It's a bunch it's of. It's always like, the errands. same it's group. It's always. Oh shit! Oh lord, Paul, you can't. I'm start sorry. I, shit. I said it. I, said it. <laughs> I mean, I know what it is. It's Gee. like, and it, it, it's hard to see. Like as some, like I stopped saying ten years ago. Like I apologize for white people because I realized mm. that it's not true. Mm. And that you all heard people. that from a little white man, and he wears glasses yeah. and everything. <laughs> just so you know, okay, just you know, keep going, brother, keep going. Yeah, no, I mean, like it, it, it's it's what has created this entire situation in the Middle East, in the U.S. Yes, the fascism. It, it's all about white money. It really is, yes. and I and I hate to say that. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be pissed off. I said that, but you know what? It is like I, it is what it is. I, I got into this stuff so I could like do the right things and say the right things and not have to like censor Worry. myself. I, I worked right. for Mercedes Benz for thirty years, oh, shit. catering yeah. to rich people as a as a socialist. And uh, that yeah, damn. like and, and you know what? <laughs> I got out of it finally when I really yes. committed to the cause because I was like, I can't support this anymore, and I can't support any of this nonsense anymore. You can't. Um, After a while, it gets it gets you know nauseating, right? And we do have to come up with really like some creative ways to do this. Like people own yes. all these pages. People yes. who live in Connecticut own these places. Like McDonald's yes. is owned by a, by an individual who lives in Connecticut. Probably I know some of the, the ones out in like Fairfield County are owned by the Trevis family. I used to fix mm. their cars, and that's how I, like I learned a lot of this stuff from the background. Um, right. But we should go to their homes. Like, right. I, I honestly think that, and yeah, that's problematic for some people because some people are right. going to get arrested. The police are not going to be happy. And... Right. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. pause right there. Pump your mm-hmm. brakes right there. Now, see, you dropped the P word. 
Yes, I did. Let me tell I you all something. Let me tell you all something. And I love it. If you're organizing and organizing with the police, I, I'm going to own this statement. You're not organizing for the people. Okay? The police. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're not there mm -hmm. to do you any favors. They get paid a nice chunk of overtime, right? This is part of all the money that's being spent on military <laughs> shit, all the money that's being badly spent. The police are not there to de-escalate. They are there to arrest you, okay? Yep. They are there to arrest you. They are not your friend. This is why I keep saying to white people, you want to be a fucking ally so bad, do things the white way will only yeah. keep it the same you have to do the right way which means that you step the fuck back let the black and brown people especially the young black and brown people the mannies the naomi's all of them let them lead the way right now as we discussed on yesterday's episodes right to the point that manny was like shit this is this is a lot because it is to that point i hate to be the one to say it this war is really an attack on children, for real, for real, real talk. Yeah. It really is, right? And that might not, you know, sound good, but it's the truth. So why are they attacking the children? Because that's our future. So for all of exactly. you all who are stuck in your way, right, and you have to do it the, the white way, you need to unlearn the toxicity. Face it, like James Baldwin said. We cannot change what we are not willing to face, right? Sometimes when people are saying something to you, they say it once, especially black and brown people, they're saying it for a reason, right? Now, the police being there is also very intimidating to those people, especially the younger ones. And Manny, I'd like you to chime in on this piece because police presence is, to me, at an event like this where we're calling for peace, is not peaceful and whether you all know the so think so or whatever best believe there's undercovers in that crowd manny speaking for gen z how do you feel when you see police at a protest and how do you feel when it's white <clears throat> sorry um so i know that a lot of my peers right are talking uh between 16 to 19 i even go far as 20 right that age range um seeing police in general especially in the marginalized community right uh it evokes such a negative um atmosphere and, and here's why really it, it's an atmosphere of uh, a lot of them are scared right uh, because they start to think, well, why are they here? Like, am I in danger? Is something going to happen? Am I, you know, I mean, all the things that, you know, we have seen really with police brutality starts to uh, trickle in and start running miles and laps in their heads, right? Um, and, and so it, it's an uneasy atmosphere for them, right? And, and a lot of times, uh, it will be a deterrent. You know, if they can leave the place, they absolutely will. Um, so, you know, it's definitely a presence uh, that uh, they'd rather avoid or that just makes them feel uncomfortable and uneasy and, again, you know, fearful. Um, and then, you know, your second part, right, if it's a, a white-led event, 
right? Uh, I've often seen that it again another deterrent for my peers, right? Um, I have seen you know where they start to question, you know, oh well, is this an event for people like me? I've already heard that before. Well, wait a minute. So I want you to pause right there. I want you to give people like a vivid description because what you're saying, you're on point. Like I'm over here. You don't see me, but I'm chairing for real because what you're saying is a mirror image of what happens to a lot of black and brown activists, even my antique self, right? We get gatekept. We get silenced. We get gaslit, especially the black and brown women right? Not all of us are selected. We're not all tokenized. We're not all put in front of the camera. We're not all even wanting to be in the fucking front of the camera. I'm one of them people. I couldn't give a fuck, right? I owned it yesterday. I'll own it again, right? During the last pandemic, okay, I wore my fuck Trump mask. You saw me. I didn't give a fuck. Come on. Come on, WTNH, put me on TV, let's go. But they won't do it because these are all right-wing media platforms, so it's not bothering me. See, this is why I'm not too concerned about being in the white man's media because if that's what it takes, like you're hitting some points that you don't even realize, Manny, what you're saying. This is why I keep telling you all, we cannot fucking have these conversations without the youth. It is critical Right. I never said we're always going to agree. There's some behaviors on both sides. We need to unlearn and some things we need to relearn. Right. And if we're going to talk about them respecting us, we got to respect them, too. Listen to what he's saying. Right. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the reason why I'm not showing up in certain spaces is exactly what he's saying. I don't know if I'm welcome there. It doesn't look welcoming. Right. When I see police presence. Some of us on radars. Let's just say that part out loud. And you allege white allies who claim to care. You should be protecting us, not trying to out-white us. Not sitting and having a bunch of fucking calls and meetings and shit and talking about different ways you can amplify your org. Know your fucking place. I'll say that one more time and I'll also tell you all You're doing a shit job of representing the youth because you tailor everything. Grooming is a real fucking thing. If you're going to stand there and talk about who lives matter, then recognize what you're saying and stop the narcissism, stop the toxicity. We won't get those crowds that we see in London and other places in Connecticut if you keep doing that shit. And I'm going to tell you straight up, that's that kind of shit that people do when they're working with the alphabet boys. You feel me? So if you're wondering why we're not out there, some of us, that's why. Why would I leave my house to get arrested? Fuck that shit. Hell no. Right? We ain't doing all of that. All right? We already know. There's a reason why they try to shut us down on social media. There's a reason why right now as we are speaking, (laughs) some of us included, black and brown activists and pro-Palestine supporters around the world are being trolled and restricted on social media right now. And what we need people to do is to see what's really happening. Don't just think that the protest is the only spot where everything happens, right? 
look at what we're talking about, boycotting these places, and listen to what our young friend is saying about why these spaces need to, to be safe, right? They're not going to show up there if they feel like they're going to be arrested. Let me tell you something about Gen Z. Y'all, y'all went ahead and ignored the fact that they had to recover from the pandemic, and they still are. You're also ignoring the fact that most of the employees at these places that are bad actors and funding the IDF rely heavily on them to make money both ways, to employ them because it's, it's beneficial that way and to feed them because they make money. You see what I'm saying? So it's really, 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 really important that we acknowledge their presence and their impact. Yeah, so, you know, um, you know, they see this, the host of these events, right? And like I said, it was a predominantly, you know, Caucasian uh, leadership, right? Then, you know, they begin to ask those questions, right? Like, is this event for people like me? Am I, you know, going to be able to be here at this event without feeling uncomfortable? or ostracized right like am i gonna get any of these weird looks you know kind of you know what are you doing here right because you know again those things happen those those very implicit but explicit looks you know absolutely happen when you know a, a black or brown person enters those spaces so you know among my peer group again you know as i said in, in previous episodes um they're they're very outspoken they are they're i mean they're they're very uh confrontational <laughs> at times right um and so if they end up getting that type of uh expressions uh being put their way right i mean it can go two ways right they can either leave you know be, because they know themselves enough to know that it'll escalate or to you know it will turn into a problem um and so you know so but that that's just like face value right if they're walking past an event they see that it's a majority of white people nine times out of ten i kid you not they will not stop at the event Right. And it could be an issue that they support. It could be something that they're passionate about. Right. But if it's a predominantly Caucasian audience or leadership, right, of the event, they will not feel welcome and they will not stop and attend. Right. And that's what I've seen time after time over the years. So you're absolutely right. You know, that that definitely does play a big Well, wait, I want, hold on. Don't go anywhere. I want you to tell people what it feels like when you are the chosen one and they are not. Mm. Mm. I know I'm raising your blood. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, right. That I mean, you you say it right. The the, the tokenization. Jeez. Um, it's it is so infuriating. Right, and and this is something I've made clear in previous episodes that in the beginning I wasn't aware of it. Right, like I I really wasn't aware that I was being tokenized. 
right? Here I was this, to them, I was this Hispanic, you know, young kid who had a talent to speak and, and, and you know, had this passion for all these different social justice issues. So let's push him, push him, push him to the, to the front of, you know, every event and, and speaker and this and that and interviews, all these things, right? Um, because why, right? It gives, it gives them those great three words that they love using, right? Diversity, inclusivity, and equity, right? It, it checks off those three boxes for them. And I wasn't aware, right? Until I became aware. And then, uh, you know, here, here was the thing, right? Here, here was my thinking. It was like, okay, here are these other youth, right? Black and brown youth who are just as passionate, right? Have opinions, have perspectives, have stances, right? Yeah, some of them, you know, maybe are not uh extremely well in front of audiences so but they don't need to be right they still want to talk they still want to have a, a platform wait a minute pause what do you mean by that i want people to really understand what you're saying what do you mean by what you just said there about some not wanting to be in a platform yeah so i mean because not everyone right again with my age group right not and and like you always say covid did a lot to that plays a big factor. Um, a lot of my peers, right, one lost their uh, ability to socialize and to be comfortable speaking in front of people. A lot of them did. Before the pandemic, they were able to do that. After the pandemic, th that ability, that very basic ability that we all take for granted, really took a hit, right? So a lot of them would prefer not to be, you know, in front of a camera or in front of an audience of 30, 50, 100 people, right? But they still want to say something. They still want to be able to get their opinions and their perspectives across, right? But they don't want to be on that platform, right? So, you know, so, so you take that, right? And automatically that ends up disqualifying them, right? Because if you can't get in front of a camera, if we can't put you in front of an audience, right? If we can't have you do such and such interviews, then pretty much what use are you, right? I mean, that's just reality. I, I, I'm literally, I'm telling you from experience, right? This isn't me making it up, okay? So... That disqualifies that portion of my peers, right? But then you get to the next factor, right? I've seen peers who, again, smart. They have opinions. They have stances, right? Want to be heard. But they aren't, uh, they don't have the vernacular that I do, right? They don't have the, quote, unquote, literally, as I've heard it before, the eloquence of how you speak, right? They don't have it. And so leave them there. You know, we're not going to uh, uh, put them front and center. We're not. So, and I, and I was listening to these things. I'm like, it's the most absurd and outrageous thing to me. Right. Because 
you are disqualifying them. Why? Because they they don't know a few fancy words because they're not, you know, their English isn't all proper and stuff. So, so, so that disqualifies their voice. You know, that disqualifies and dismisses and invalidates all of the things that they want to say, right? So you're, you're absolutely right, right? It's like throughout the years, <clears throat> you know, uh, because of who I am, right, the person I've developed myself into, to having the vernacular, to having the, you know, professionalism uh, uh, that I carry about, you know, in, in public and day-to-day life, right, all these things, I've become this, like, token, right, of, you know, uh, the, kind of like the younger black and brown community, right, the Gen Z. But all of my peers, who, again, I always stress it, have the very same uh, potential and perspectives and opinions and all these other things, right? They wouldn't even look twice at them, right? So, so yeah, like you said, right, me, quote-unquote, being the, the chosen one and not them, it's extremely frustrating. It's outrageous. It's absurd. I just want to jump in really quick and let folks know this show is not scripted. We didn't discuss any of this. He got completely thrown that question. And it's important that you listen to what he is saying, right? This is, you know, first of all, let me back it up. Manny, thank you so much for sharing that, right? That takes resilience. That takes strength, right? And thank you for feeling comfortable enough to share that. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that. It's not nice being tokenized, people. It's not a good feeling. Trust me, it's very, very fucking uncomfortable. And I just want to say that. And I also want to say we could change this. James Baldwin said it. We could do it, but we have to face it, right? I see three-fifths signed on three-fifths. You want to chime in real quick on this? How you feel hearing that? Okay, first of all, I have to charge my phone. This guy right here, dude. <laughs> Go on, brother. <laughs> A hundred percent. Yes, I've heard that. That's a big, 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 big thing. Because you see, he was saying it, but not saying it. See, when we use certain terminology and we start to speak like this and not like this, and we're not talking with the full accent, right? We act in white, but keep going, brother. Sorry. softball because she said I don't want to sit on the bench but she was the only black player on the team in the Lord College and she got she got the flack you know get out of you you went to softball that's for the white girl but she said listen when you come to softball it pays for your scholarship but again that's a big thing I hear among young people and and and, and I hear it all the time you know the ones that are excelling in school you know you act in white you must be white white man's education and that's not true because Malcolm X said, without education, you ain't going nowhere anyway. Well, that's not true. So I know that uh, Brother Manny probably encountered that. Of course. Of course. And so 
we were talking now and we want to i want to go back now especially that you're here right and thank you so much everybody for taking the time to be here these conversations are important right we need to boycott these companies they are funding the idf we are not doing any favors by supporting these fucking places and when we do this we also have to think about the larger impact a lot of our gen z folk work at some of these places so let's be supportive and call these motherfuckers out i you know i just said i would love to see a puppet dedicated to palestine at at least one day of the dead parade i'm putting it out there right i would love to see that right i would also love to see people show the fuck up in front of starbucks right hashtag boycott starbucks hashtag boycott mcdonald's right cancel that fucking disney trip you don't need that maybelline maybelline don't make nothing for black people no way stop it right there's a nice healthy list you don't know the list google the shit i'm just dropping some of the big ones it's a nice long healthy list fanta hello somebody walmart we're looking at you too big surprise we also have to pay attention to the companies while we're talking about companies funding the idf i want you all to go a little further and i invite you to look on the Black and Brown United in Action page if you can't find it yourself. But I'd like you to look at the companies which are owned and funded by the United States and other countries. Pay attention to that. And then go look back at Palestine and other oppressed countries. Hmm. Hmm. Paul, I want to ask you, hearing what was just said by Gen Z in particular, how did that make you feel about organizing and what should white people do to improve on all that you're Um, I was so riveted on what everyone was saying. I was like, for once, I wasn't planning my next words, and now I don't know what to say. Um, But with that said, I, I think one of the biggest things is we have to admit that we're creating these spaces that are led by white people by not, even if it's we don't agree, we have to say something and actively fight against it. Um, and, and, and honestly, I'm doing that in one of the organizations I'm in now. And it was kind of a shock that like, you know, I, I think you literally may have been one of the people who really taught me that leadership in in these organizations needs to be diverse and visible. And I was like, well, maybe the other, once again, I'm naive that like other white people just they don't want to know this stuff, even though they're supposed to be the people that do want to know this stuff. They're organizers, they're radicals, quote unquote. Um, but when you say this space isn't diverse, they go, oh, okay. And like you said, they end up tokenizing someone. And it's so obvious once it's like, once I, I was able to be honest with myself about you know, what you and other people were saying to me, it was like, well, how do you just do this? How do you just, after you know, like what the consequences are, and you just bullied along and furthered yourself. Um, and we have to stop doing that. And we have to stop not saying anything so that we don't lose our jobs necessarily. It, it's, it, it is a fine line. And I'm not going to lie. I, I try to be careful as I can. But at the same time, I, I'm going to stand with people because it's the right thing to do. But I I guess I've been on a weird kind of journey to get here. Um, I had to admit a lot of things about myself along the way, including racism and, you know, being a racist person in my past at whatever level it was. 
Um, you know, you can ask my wife for years. I was like, well, I'm not racist. I'm not. And then I realized that that there are things that's just they've been I'm pro it's programmed in. It's like almost hardwired, but I have to be conscious of it. And then I have to do the right thing. I have to ask what the right thing is. And like you were saying, you have to go. You, you don't just go and help people like they're little children or they're, you know, like these like pets. It, it's, you know, standing in solidarity with people, which means I'm here to help. What What can I do? And sometimes that means, like, especially as somebody with privilege, it's one of the cool things I've learned about that is I can yell at cops and it's fine. So I get like I can be the shield. Um, and if that's my job, then that's great. And if that's all that I, like people need of me and, and can my community, then I'll be the shield. And, and I'm happy to be part of that. But we have to put our egos aside like. Oh, well, it's going to be me who changes the world. It's like as as long as I'm like some like tiny little cog in that wheel, like I have to be OK with that because it's it, it's we're here standing with black and brown people and with Palestinians. We're not here to tell them how to do that. Um, and that was a hard lesson for me to learn, honestly. Listen, on behalf of everybody, thank you. That took courage to say it too. That's not easy to admit, man. I respect that, right? Because one of the biggest frustrations I've had in organizing is being the black immigrant. And of course I'm angry, right? I don't even have to be angry. In fact, those who know me laugh at the fact that I laugh so much. I'm goofy as fuck, right? You'll know that by some of the shit I share. <laughs> I like to laugh like everybody else. Listen, I, listen, I will put my phone down and go look for it. Do you understand? <laughs> we have those kind of moments. <laughs> Hashtag, that's me being me. And it's okay. I love that we could have these kind of conversations because I feel like it's so powerful when people who don't even know you but could relate to what you just said. You said, I don't know, you dropped some bombs that the IDF wish they had. You just said that you had to confront your racism. And I'm proud of you for saying that. Because that took some serious cojones, you know. Uh, Three-fifths, I'd love to hear what you're thinking over there. Yeah, I mean, 
shopping cart. They, they won't say excuse me. They won't say excuse me. They'll just shove in front of you. They'll grab it and keep going. And see, that's the thing. Like, I like how you said that because it's true. Being um, an organizer in these spaces, black or brown, it gets complicated because it is like that shopping cart. There are white people who will shove their way past and, and you know, shove through, right? That's what they do. And hence the reason why what Paul was saying was so important. Because at some point you have to confront your whiteness, man. It can't be about numbers, right? It, you know, what pisses me off is when I hear about national calls to actions, right? There's a couple of pet peeves I have. Because I know it will only be a matter of time before certain actors will want to whitewash it. And they pose as being allies. But in truth, again, here we go again with the white supremacy. See, people ignore the white supremacy within the movement because we're scared to talk about it. We feel like if we talk about it, I guess, we'll, you know, something will happen. I'm not afraid to talk about it. How the fuck we going to change it if we don't talk about it? Right. If you're more concerned about seeing being seen and respected amongst your white peers. Right. Guess what you're doing? You're not doing anything different than the alleged um, colonizers you're supposed to be calling out. Just so you know. I don't know if you knew that. Right. So, again, what our comrade just shared is pivotal. Now, I want to go back to boycotting these companies, Paul. Could you give us the list again and could you share how people could help with this action? Talk to the white people. All right. To start off, Starbucks, Nestle's, Coca-Cola, Sprite, Fanta, Mountain Dew, like all the soda companies, Evian, uh, McDonald's, KFC, uh, Haagen-Dazs. I'm, I'm looking for the brands that like all my white friends use. Um, Ralph Lauren, Levi's, Gap. They'll say Gap one more time. Uh, Converse. Tommy Hilfiger, Timberland, Giorgio uh, Armani, L'Oreal, Maybelline, Lancome, Revlon, Estee Lauder, Johnson's and Johnson. Um, You know, and I'm like I said, I'm going to find like the real list because I know somebody has that somewhere that I know. Um, Because like this probably only like scratches the surface. And and one of the things is that and it's the hard thing again is saying something um if your company or your your organization is is supporting genocide like it's a hard choice to make but like i feel like the only choice to make is not to support that company and not to support it with your employment and maybe you can do that by simply looking for another job you don't necessarily have to make a scene and walk out um but in like you know like cj was saying like we need to interrupt their commerce um, and be part of that and willing to stop going and getting, you know, your favorite cup of coffee, whatever the hell that is, um, <laughs> you, you know, pumpkin, like a $50 pumpkin. Well, well here's the latte, thing. We could do know, some thing. bad. I'm so broke. I, I'm so broke. I can't even look at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. can't afford the shit anyway. <laughs> but keep going. And, and can you share from your perspective, right? How can folks, while doing this, how could they still support the employees? And what about the folks, you know, you mentioned doing, you know, housing advocacy. How could folks facing houselessness still participate? Wow, that's an that's like a really tough question. Um, like, that's a lot. Um, 
I mean, as far as, can you repeat the first part of the question? So I want you to talk to the white people, right? Talk to them directly. Mm-hmm. Talk to your peers. Tell them what they could do. Let's start there. Tell them what they could do to support the boycott. You mentioned all the companies. What could they do? And how could we protect the employees as well while we're doing it? Right? Kind of give a little advice on that basis. And then we'll go back to the housing. Because here's the thing, right? In reality, a lot of these people working at these places, they're facing houselessness. We have that whole thing still happening. I don't know if people knew that. So if this country goes to war, if you think these problems are bad now, it's going to get worse. Money funds war. Stop the fucking money. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we like if if I work for this company, I need to stop like working for this company. But not everybody has that choice and has that that privilege, to be honest. Like they just don't. But we had we do have to support employees. And when and employees are being harassed for talking, like saying the truth, especially like in their personal lives. Like we have to rally. We have to rally. We have to everybody has to come and support those people and make sure those companies know it's not going to go unnoticed. Um, to be honest, I, I, I'm not sure how that's going to happen. And, and one of the reasons is, is like, you know, I've always known the media controls the narrative and stuff like that. But the, this 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 genocide that's happening in front of us has, has really hit me hard that like, yeah, they are literally just going to control it a hundred percent and not let anybody know what's actually happening. Um, and one, that was my wife saying you're making her laugh. Um, but one of the biggest things we're going to have to do is find ways to like show our outrage at these companies. My, my leader was let go based on things he said in his personal life at a rally. Um, and there's been some, you know, obviously there's like the usual outpouring of, of solidarity, but really nothing's happened at the like at the union level and with the organization to to even suggest they're going to change that and bring him back or maybe support people because this isn't just like to me it's not just an issue of oh we got to support this just for this one cause we have to support this otherwise none of it's going to work that we're all trying to do or I'm trying to do housing and you know social justice and 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 you know prison justice and like all the things we're all doing is not going to work unless we well again it comes down to like being honest with ourselves like it's natural to want to like defend yourself but i also realized and learned from from being a very new buddhist that it's also ego that my ego wants to protect my, you know, how I look and my honor. But the reality is, is I need truth and I need to be able to like figure it out, see what it is and follow that path. Um, if I'm the only one who does it, then it's just going to be me. If we all do it, then there's solidarity. Uh, as we know, sometimes there's a price to pay for that. And I think as white people, we have to be willing to pay that price a little more because we're we're complicit in this. And we honestly, we created these situations like the reason anything's going on in Palestine is because we funded this for, for 50 years now in our attempt to just, you know, unstabilize the Middle East so that they can't get together and fight against us again. Um, and get, you know, back their resources that we stole from them. 
Um, and yeah, and like you, you also like a couple people talked about colonization, and that's what we do, and that's what's happened in Israel. There's, there's no difference in my mind with what's going on with our Palestinian comrades than what we did to our, our own American indigenous people here. It's exactly the same, um, except it seems like we've perfected it now. So we, we're, we're moving on to Palestine to do it right. And, and like you said, we're killing the children because you're taking out the future literally, and then you don't have to worry about anyone talking out anymore. Um, and it is at that point where like, I'm really concerned, like we, we may not be able to stop this before the Palestinian people are literally gone and just remnants here and there and refugees. Yes. Was that too long? I'm sorry. I kind of babbled. No, 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 no. Don't apologize for that. That's, that's mm -hmm. what we're doing today. Don't worry about that. You, you're right on point. You're right on target. We're all there. That's why we're here. Don't please, please. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay. Manny, I want to go back to you because you know, we're talking about the representation and the young people. Hearing all of that, what are you thinking over there? Yeah, you know, um, like, I, like I say, you know, we, we definitely need to uh, create and cultivate these spaces um, for Gen Z and, you know, my peers in general uh, to feel welcome to feel acknowledged and, uh, you know, their opinions and perspectives, right, for them not to be invalidated and dismissed. Um, so, uh, you know, as it was mentioned earlier, right, a lot of these companies absolutely rely on my peers to make them money. That is, that is so, so true. Um, you know, I mean, think about it. You have a lot of high school students. McDonald's even, on Whaley. Yeah. Come on, talk. Yeah. Out exactly, them. Say know. the names. Um, now we do in Starbucks when we fancy. Yeah. So, you know, you definitely have a lot of high school students and even, you know, freshman, sophomore uh, students who work at these places, right? And so, you know, uh, because obviously they don't have degrees yet and they don't have you know, 10 plus years of job experience for other jobs, right? So these are the only jobs that they can get, right? Um, and, you know, absolutely working minimum wage and all these different hours to make these companies money. So, you know, when we talk about protesting, when we talk about, you know, having these rallies and disrupting the day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, activity of these these places, Right. I think it is definitely, you know, justified for us to have a space, you know, for my peers, for Gen Z. Right. Um, especially when we talk about the working conditions. Jesus, I mean, Christ, I mean, especially Starbucks. Right. God, the, the, the way the employees are treated. I, I have I literally have friends who work for Starbucks and I mean. They tell me, they're like, it's terrible, you know, it's, it is, it's bad, you know, the whole bureaucracy there is terrible, bad. So, you know, um, having that space for them, right, because, again, they they do comprise the majority of the employment, oh, the employment. right? Um, 
So absolutely holding that space for them and letting them have their voices heard, right? Um, but then I also, actually just today, I saw on my own campus of Southern, right, where last week we held a walkout um, because of the university's omission of even just the word Palestine, right? They mentioned absolutely nothing of Palestinian deaths, Palestine in general, nothing. All, all the emails we were getting from the university, everything else, Israel, 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 nothing mentioning Palestine, right? So we held a walkout. Um, but then today I see one of my peers posted a, um, a video of... Um, I don't know if any of you have seen it, you know, across the nation or even in other countries, right? Um, the missing people, uh, posters being put up and then others coming and, and taking them down, right? That just happened last night on, uh, Southern, right? Where, uh, a student who actually I know personally, took down one of the posters, right, one of the flyers, um, because she, you know, she's pro-Palestine, and here was this poster just exuberating hate and, and uh, you know, uh, discrimination, right? And so she took it down, and immediately a pro-Israel student supporter started recording her and started calling her all these different names and was following her and harassing her, Right, and saying, Oh, you're racist, and this, this, this. And then he went as far as to say, uh, You know, what's happening to the Palestinian people is not a genocide. You can't even compare it to that. So, you know, these things are very much prevalent in my peer group, right? We're talking, these are, these are kids in my class, they're my age, I know them, right? And it's happening. So, yeah, when we talk about representation, right, let's not exclude. Gen Z, right, because they're not excluded from this, right? This is very much happening to them, with them, right, in their environment, right? We're talking about a, a campus grounds, right? These are the people, they live there, right? They're walking there every day, and, and this stuff is very much happening. So absolutely, representation is first and foremost needed uh, when we're talking about Gen Z. That's amazing. So I want to say, Manny, thank you so much for sharing that, first and foremost. I also want to ask you, how does it feel to know that children, Gen Z, are the price being paid for this war? Yeah, it is, it's, it is absolutely horrid. It really is. Um, because... You know, like like how I, I see in so many other social justice issues, um, I can never understand why, you know, the children, it, it seems like it is an expense that absolutely doesn't matter to any of the big players of these uh, issues and conflicts. Right. It, I mean, it seems like children are so expendable 
and it is the most horrendous and repulsive thing that I have seen, right? And I always make that case, especially when I think about the Palestinian children. It's like, they're just expendable. And no one no one cares, right? It's This thing's so over-politicized and, and all these other factors being talked about, but the children who are dying, right? And even, like you said, Gen Z here in the United States, right? Again, it's expendable. Our emotions, expendable. Our perspectives, our hard work, expendable, right? Everything that we stand for or that we do, expendable, right? It's like, it doesn't matter. We can keep doing and doing it and no one cares, right? No one acknowledges it. No one recognizes it or very few, right? So few that it barely even makes a difference. So, yeah, I mean, to, to know that these things keep going on and they happen at the expense of children, right? At the expense of so much of what we stand for or what we try to stand for or what we do, you know? And, and it never goes acknowledged. Look, I, I said that happened last night, right? Here we are, 4 o'clock in the day. There's still yet to be any uh, anything said about it, right? I even checked in with uh, the student who was being harassed to see if anyone from the university reached out to her or anything. Nope, nothing. Nothing at all, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's like it happens and no one cares, and it just keeps happening, right? And it is the most horrible thing. Well, we care, and we're glad you're here. And you always have a space here. You could always feel comfortable right here. And we got you. Right? So we care. You know? And this is why, like, folks need to understand right now. These, this is the cost, man. They're the ones paying. So the least you could do is be respectful of their presence. Right? You know? Now, Paul is writing in the comments something that is right on point. Black and brown people are not considered as human as our white children paul touch the mic say a little um i mean like you know and coming from now i look like a white guy like if you see me at a gas station you're you're probably gonna think no i'm in an way. organization that's working against you i'm in and shock I've literally been i'm in shock for the <laughs> um like it which is horrifying because people just come up and say stuff to me because they think i'm quote unquote one of them and it's, yeah, it's a kind of half debilitating and half the time, like, I almost end up in jail. But, um, yeah, like, a lot of we white people, like, literally consider black and brown children not as human. Like, they, they, they have little names. Like, one guy I know used to call, like, black and brown children sprockets. Um, literally just called them sprockets like they were motorcycle parts or something you know like it, it, it's it's a dehumanizing that that i guess it starts getting programmed as a child from the media from your relatives i mean i grew up italian catholic in bridgeport like it, like i don't know if it gets any wider than that and i grew up around racism and it was disguised in you know but but you know Bobby next door, he's he's okay because you know he's a hard worker, you know that kind of stuff. 
Um, and that's how like you learn to rationalize like dehumanizing. It's like, you know, it's like pets. And I hate to say it like that because and I say it with, with the, the, the weight it has is that people literally consider black and brown children to be almost like pets at this point. So if you lose some pets so that you can keep the money flowing, it, that's the rationale. But nobody wants to say that out loud and actually even probably admit it to themselves that that's the reason they're supporting these things. Right on point. Thank you, brother. Thank you for that. Right. I mean, and again, this war, look who's paying, man. How many times are you going to see pictures of these children? Your stomach not hurting you yet? For real, for real? You really have to have a heart of stone. Right. And I have something to say to the black and brown people who are saying, well, so many people care about what's happening there and they don't care about what's happening here. First of all, that just shows your level of ignorance. You want to say more about that three fifths? Yeah, well, let me let me just go over some things real quick. Um, as Paul said, go for it. One of the effective things of boycott is not the workers. And I'll tell you why. The workers can be replaced. And I told CD when I went to South Africa in 76, three days after the Suedo uprising. Hold on, hold on, three-fifths, real quick. Just come a little closer to your mic because Greta's having a little trouble hearing. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, one of the things they did was, see, the consumer is the best weapon when it comes to boycotting. You have to make the consumer stop spending their money. It's not so much the worker because they'll replace the workers. You have to cut the, the dollars off. Even Dr. King, you know, he, he realized that that you have to cut the money off first. So the boycott has to be the consumer. You have to stop buying, and, 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 it, and it will work. Because as you know, with Dr. King, the uh, Montgomery bus boycott, that helped. The people refused to ride and put their money in it. That was something that you know crossed the line and stuff. As far as uh, what Manny uh, was talking about, if you notice mainstream media, they're not covering Palestine. From CNN to, to MSNBC, everything is based on Israel. They're not, they're not covering it. So shows like this, like I told CJ today, this is what we do. We get the message out with these type of shows and stuff. And stuff, you know. And what was the other question? I, I kind of slipped and forgot. No, no, we're talking about, I was asking you feedback on what Paul was talking about. You're right on point. Everybody's on point. It's a lot being discussed. Yeah, he, he was talking a lot. But the last yes. kind of lost. Yes. So well, he's, no, no. Well, he was sharing at the last end, you know, about admitting to, the normalized racism and sharing how it's taught. It's taught by being raised, you know, to say and describe black children, black and brown children, certain ways, right? Remember, during slavery, black children and my sister was called one of the Piccaninny. Right. Piccaninny. Island Piccaninny doesn't really mean that, but over here, it mean it means you know low class and stuff. What we were called Piccaninnies. What else were the children were called? They put books out. I don't know if you, none of you probably remember. They had a book called Little Black Sambo. And it was another one they put out, Tar Baby. What it was, this, uh, uh, the, 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 this guy wanted to catch this rabbit. So he took a Tar Baby and put black tar in him. And the rabbit was white. And he would try to come and try to fool the dog. He got stuck. That's how they caught him. And they were called a Tar Baby. So they're, they're little main stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Know, mm-hmm. adults are like jungle bunnies. Uh, right. Spare chuckers. Well, how about this one, right? What about this? How about when I could share a personal one? So when I first came here, it took a while for me to get comfortable speaking in public. 
So shout out to the Gen Z folk. I could definitely relate to that. That shit is real, right? It's very scary when you have to present in the front, especially um, a predominantly white crowd. It's really, really intimidating. And especially when you feel like everything you say can and will be used against you, right? Now, in saying that, when I first migrated, people would ask me questions like, you know, do you have running water where you live? Do you all have electricity? Do you all have cars? You see? So these things do happen. And don't mistake and get confused. Even when we are in the movement, it doesn't stop. We are usually surpassed. We are typically not given credit for our work, you know, like was described earlier. It's, it's the same shopping cart mentality. You see us coming and you try to shove us out of the way, right? I mean, people in the movement, just like our legislators, hello, somebody, right? Because I love how Chris Murphy knew that there were people in Hartford yesterday. He lives in Hartford. You all know that, right? And he didn't come outside. Where's Ned at? Why didn't Ned come out and explain why, you know, he has how many millions invested there? I I'm just saying. Where's Johanna Hayes at? Why are they so quiet? Boy, that money, boy, that money could buy some silence. You see how, you see how nasty white violence is? People get confused by what violence is, you know, and what goes into racism, oppression, and all of it, right? Exactly. Greta wrote in the chat, how much is a dead baby worth, Ned? For real, for real. You invest in. You and invest in. The two, the, the two congresswomen, one of them, I forgot her name. They're part of the squad. Mm -hmm. the two Muslims, they're harassing them now. Getting hate well, listen. This is what I'm saying. We got to protect the black and brown people, white people. You want to do things that help. Let me, let me help you out here. Don't try to take over the events. Cut that shit the fuck out. Stop doing things for notoriety. Stop feeding your narcissism and your ego. Cut that shit the fuck out. You call yourself an ally. Act like one. Act like one. Don't just use the words diversity, equity, you know, inclusivity, like underwear, if you wear underwear, that is, right? No, no shame if you don't, that's your life, not mine, right? But the point being, you got to check yourself. Stop showing up in our spaces, tokenizing our people. I mean, some of you live in our neighborhoods and you're trying to silence it. You don't think we know why you're here? You don't think we know why you're here? Some of us do and some of us play along because maybe we don't know better. Or we have this false hope that if we follow you, just like the Bible taught us, you're the white savior, you know. Hmm. And, and sister, hmm. remember, don't leave this out. You made a good point about the so the, the war. You know, mm -hmm. when the election comes, there's a war. Listen, a come on now. They'll come on now. Drop bombs every time. Mm -hmm. Every time. Bush. And you study the ticket time limit. We can't forget Bush. Wait a minute, pump right there. He was reading stories, remember? He was out in a school, right? And let me tell you something about 9-11. So I used to work in retail. Um, I'm so old, I worked at a place that no longer exists. <laughs> Shout out to Radio Shack. Three-fifths knows about them places, right? All right. Um, but so after 9-11, so picture this. I'm still here, um, fairly new. I wouldn't speak as much to people because every time I would speak, I would get 
um, a lot of critique, like people would ask me to repeat shit. That's really shaming. I hate that shit, right? Like, I, I'm not your fucking entertainment, dude. So then 9-11 happens. I'm going to school at Albertus Magnus. Let me tell you something. On the way to work, they would throw food at me. It got so bad, I'd carry extra clothes. Um, I would go into a classroom and people would get up and move. So for our friends and, you know, our comrades who are Palestinian or supporters, I'm with you. I'm with you. Trust me, I know, I know how it feels in many, 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 many ways. It's not a good feeling. And my saving grace was my white Jewish manager who's a veteran. Oh, boy. This got interesting. So it's after 9-11. All of these things are happening. I'm not telling him anything. What I used to do, I used to go to another store, that bathroom or whatever, and I'll change and then come. He's not stupid. This man is military trained. And he would stand at the door. And when I would walk in, he would salute. And he told people, if you cannot respect my staff, you cannot shop here. Why? Because he actually had a collection of letters that were written by members. By the way, this is happening in New Haven, Connecticut, for those who want to know. Members of the KKK and what they plan to do to the store if you kept it there. So understand when I speak, I'm not making this shit up. This is my life. If you don't want me at your shit, I'm okay with that, man. I was born alone. And guess what I know? When Allah is present, I'm never alone. Right now, there is a war happening silently. It's not getting the notice. We have people whose jobs are being threatened. We have people who are being trolled and harassed and restricted on social media, right? It's real out here, okay? Right now, the people in Gaza, imagine having to live. I shared yesterday, you know, I grew up in a country when the lights went out, we'd all run outside. So guess what? I could relate to having to only know what's going on via a fucking mosque. Could you imagine that life? I can. I actually been there. And I, I you know, no shame. But the difference was is that that would only happen to us for a couple hours at most, and then our lights will go back on. These folks right now, you know, they, they're lacking communication. People are sick. You know, there are people injured. Young babies are injured. Children are injured. You have siblings bearing siblings. You have martyrs. You have parents bearing, you know, their children. Seriously? What else do we need to say for you to boycott these motherfuckers? They don't treat our employees great anyway. You're going to gain weight. You're probably going to end up with high cholesterol and high blood pressure. McDonald's is not a meal. Go home and cook something. Learn how to be with your family again. Learn how to appreciate each other. Let me say this real quick. Would you talk about those for those who say, well, that's over there. What about over here? To my people, just follow the trail of Rosewood, of Black Wall Street. That was land pushed out. That's right. Facts. Oppressions, oppressions. Come on. Follow that trail. Come on. Follow the lynching. Follow gentrification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you I, say all the time. Ask me, and I told him that. Follow yes. Rosewood and look up, look at Black Wall Street, where they dropped the bomb in Black Wall Street. They used the plane. So don't, don't, don't stop with that. You know. 
Right. Right. I just want to read a couple comments in the chat. Dixwell McDonald's, that's uh, conveniently located right there in good old Hamden, right, where um, Al Lotto and his fellow assholes, um, your uh, Republican people there, right, they steal wages. I wonder who's surprised. Color me not, right? Uh, Paul is saying that they are being erased on social media so they can be erased by bombs and no one will notice. That is true. So let me talk about the social media side um, and content creation, digital content creation, myself being one. And it's real. You all don't understand the social media war, man. That You think that the march is something? Try being on social media trying to say, you, you, you know, lift your voice. People's social media accounts are being erased for real for real palestinians right their social media accounts are being blocked right and also supporters including us their accounts are being restricted we're getting trolled i i had to wake up to some messages that you know fuck the coffee that shit woke me all the way up right mm -hmm. this is real it's happening right now use your privilege the right way and not the white way stop Letting your ego control everything. All these fucking um, organizing meetings y'all like to have at the most horrendous times, right? And all y'all talking and taking it over and all this other fuckery. Come on, man. Learn from the legislative session. I'm speaking to Connecticut in particular. Learn a lesson. Learn a fucking lesson, right? And for the black and brown people, stop complaining. There's different ways. And I'm not saying all of us are, but we need to do a better job of respecting and supporting each other and stop playing into the white hype, right? And, Support and each other. Here's one you're going to leave out. Mm -hmm. a movie on YouTube, but it was on Reagan, made in the 50s called Black Like Me. It was a white reporter who dyed his skin, actually went to a doctor and dyed it and moved around just to see how black people move, live. Mm -hmm. it, it, he just couldn't believe it. But sitting in the mm -hmm. back of the bus, if you get a chance, put that in the YouTube called Black Like Me. And you mm. to watch it and you'll see how we have to live. Mm-hmm. Stop judging each other, for real. Stop judging each other. You don't know my story. Half the shit I just said, most people didn't know. And I said it right here. Yeah. You understand? Because our lived experiences are lived experience. So when you take over an event and when you decide I got to co-op this shit to do it the white way, because that's what you're really doing right you are taken away from the movement because you're silencing the voices what you should do is ensure people like manny when manny shows up to a protest and he has to speak that camera needs to be on him we need to make sure they know we watch him you feel me we need to make sure we have people like marshals and legal observers that's how you use your whiteness listen to what paul said earlier Right? Yell at the fucking cops, man. People want to go and protest or rally in front of McDonald's and Starbucks and all these other places. By the way, when this episode is published, I found a list that I will happily share with everybody. It will be um, included in the description. Right? Now, that being said, you know, we're laying it out here for you. So there's two things that need to happen. We need white people. And, and thank you so much, Paul, for being, you know, open to nothing here is scripted. He did this all on his own, right? Um, but owning that, that's really, really important.
because other white alleged organizers and so-called allies and some who are in genuine, because there are, let me just say that, some of my biggest supporters are Jewish. <laughs> I love them. I got a shout out, um, JVP, man. I can't ignore that. I have some real stellar white rats and they're amazing people. And guess what? They are respected. They, they respect the space. They're humble and they're willing to learn. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. I was today years old when I found out certain things. I didn't even know I could be, you know, I didn't know how to turn off my um, active status on one of the platforms. I was today's years old when I found out. So we could always learn, right? Isn't that the point of the progress? They're attacking our children. Why? Because our children, Gen Z, they're smart as fuck. And they're learning things quicker. Their aptitude is higher. They're going to go far. They want to stop that. They want to stop that. And plus, oppression fuels the war. You get you get to make budgets and like what the United States did with the 14.3 billion they're sending to Israel. So I don't think we need to say too much more for you all to be comfortable with boycotting McDonald's, Starbucks, Maybelline's, Nestle's, KFC, you know, the major soda companies, all of that. You don't need that shit. You don't need that shit. Right? What we need is our legislators and celebrities. You say about our community, you're making money from them. You, you know, you're doing all these things. Like, I'd like to see more black and brown celebrities stand up and denounce this shit. Call that ceasefire. Contact your legislator. Say, hey, Rosa, to the white peers, can't use your privilege. Contact these legislators, right? You see what Paul said? You all won't get arrested if you show up outside these places. See, there's places where you could show up, manage the crowd, and not get anybody arrested. That's what you need to get better at. For real, for real. We're not going to show up in front of Chris Murphy's house if there's not a plan. Because they're going to throw us around like a beanbag. Right? Some of us are on lists. Hello, somebody. Right? And it's a fact. Okay? Nobody cloud chasing over here. Nobody cloud chasing over here. Trust and believe that. This is real fucking life. Real fucking life. Some people show up to the protest, go home, watch TV, and that's that. Some of us, we eat, breathe, live this shit. This is life. We wake up to it, we go to sleep to it. That's because this is what we know. So if you're not to that level, that's fine. We're not asking everybody to be, I'm not. But support those who are and protect them. And know what that means, whether you're white, whether you're not. And let's do this thing. Right? right now, everybody should be flooding social media about Palestine. That's one thing all of us could do. Flood fucking social media. You should be posting about that, tagging people. Right now, I'm doing some Facebook Fed time. But that's all right. Keep it going. Because these people cannot communicate with the outside world. Lift their voices. Share those posts. Share this podcast. We appreciate all who continue to like, share, subscribe. Your support and empowerment is, you don't even know, because they're trying to silence us. And we need you all to step in, all right? This this media in the United States is very right-wing. I wasn't born in this shithole, so I don't watch it, okay? I, I don't, you know, I don't rely on it is what I should say, okay? So we need you all to jump in, white people. Use your power, place, and privilege properly. This is the time. Right now, we're learning about people in different ways whose paying attention is paying attention. All right? 
Now, we're going to come back again and continue this conversation. Definitely, Paul, you need to come back because you just started the conversation on a lot of shit. There's so much more that we need to talk about. Before we close out, you want to share some final closing? Paul, did we lose you? Did he run away? All right, I'll just go over the three fifths real oh, quick. Three fifths. There it is. Sorry, oh, I, was, wait, I couldn't get the mic to come up all of a sudden. But um, well, he's you know, I at mean, our ten day age, you know, technology. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got like all like you know, pocket full of readers from the drugstore, the whole bit now. Um, I I think in the end we just we like you know we got to put our egos aside and stop saying like oh well you know it wasn't me it wasn't my even like you know I, I don't know if any of my ancestors owned slave it's a chance that they did but if they didn't it still doesn't mean it's not my responsibility as a white person because i'm a white person now and this affects everybody and i know how it affects our community and i and, and i can see it you know i can see how it affects my neighbors and i can see how my wonderful Palestinian neighbors here who we've known for like seven years are affected, but also how grateful they are when, when we show up and support them, not try to take over, not try to lead the, you know, lead the charge so we can be like the victors again. Um, like, but just show up and walk behind people and support them and say, what do we need to do? You tell us because we don't know because I don't know what it's like to, to be in that position. I can't even imagine. And maybe, you know, I can empathize to some degree, but I could never imagine it. I just can't. And so I have to follow the people's lead who know what's happening and know what they need. Uh, again, I could only say thank you because more white people need to come to this mirror and face themselves. Right. You think that's hard? Try being in my skin. He can't. You can't. We get judged the minute we wake up in the morning. We get stigmatized and criminalized. Right. What's happening in Palestine is a reflection. Shout out to the brothers and sisters who are serving time for bullshit. I always had to call it out. The young people and all the people who were deprived of a proper education, who aren't getting food, proper food. Healthcare, transportation, housing, because this system is built on white supremacy. Follow the war money. Real talk. Before we close out, Manny, you want to share some closing thoughts? Yeah. Um, this has been an absolute uh, wonderful, wonderful episode. So much insight. Um, I want to echo much what has been said here, right, um, is that let us continue to take up the spaces that we need to take up. Let's continue to make the people uh, who are responsible for a lot of this, let's continue to make them uncomfortable, right, um, and, and step outside of our boundaries and our comfort zones because that is often what it takes to accomplish uh, these accolades of change, right, and to bring about change. Um, there are so many people fighting this fight, as you've seen in the past couple of weeks, right? Uh, the masses are out there. They are willing to take up the streets and fill the cities, 
right? Uh, it is truly an inspiring thing to see. I don't know about anyone else, but it is inspiring to see the diverse crowds of people coming out there to gather to say that the genocide is happening across the world is not okay, right? So for all those who are listening, we have said many things that you can do to take part of this action, to do that whatever you can and whatever capacity you can, always know that it is just as powerful as any other role uh, that you can have. There will people like me, CJ, Three-Fifths, Paul, Greta, so many others as we've seen out there fighting the fight. Um, as you know, for me, you know, it is my aspiration to take up legislative office, right? And um, enact the policies that we need to enact, right? To combat so many of these issues that face the marginalized community, right? Um, as you know, you'll count, you'll always see me right there on the front line making someone uncomfortable because someone has to. I only hope to see you to my left, to my right, or another any other capacity that you can together. Together, together is how we can win this. And let's continue to pray for the children and the many other innocent lives that have been lost in this conflict, hoping that soon, just soon, it'll end. Thank you so much, CJ, for having me here. I truly appreciate all that you do. Listen, we appreciate you. There's, you know, nothing about us without us, all right? And we appreciate your support and your coming up here and your willingness to share what you're sharing. That takes a lot of resilience and strength, all right? So I appreciate it. And this is not going to be the last conversation. Before we close out, 350, you have any final thoughts? Yes. Free Palestine and free the young. That's right. So before we end, I just would like everyone to join me uh, for a moment of silence. Oh Allah, help and protect the people of Palestine. Oh Allah, ease their pain and suffering. Oh Allah, bestow of mercy. Bestow your mercy on them. Oh Allah, open people's heart to give in this time of crisis. Oh Allah, help those who are in need, wherever they may be. I wanna thank everyone for taking the time to come on today. This is a conversation that is not gonna end. Each one of you really and truly, I truly appreciate your, your time coming on and sharing what you're sharing. You know, 
I mean, this was fantastic and one of many that we're going to have. And for all of those who continue to like, share and subscribe, thank you so very much. We can't do what we do without you. Thank you so very, very much for your solidarity. That's all for now. Enjoy your evening. Fist up. Smile on. Peace. CJ.